It's a bit of a bittersweet day here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Adam Azer with Scott White, now Melchior. It's our last weekday podcast for a while. We've got a show coming up on Sunday to help you set your lineup for the upcoming scoring period, and that will be our last regularly scheduled Fantasy Baseball podcast. We'll be back here and there, but we're winding down. So it's Wednesday, September 14th, and today we unveil our first and second round in the 2012 Fantasy Baseball Draft. Al and Scott each picked two rounds. I just had a first-round mock, but we're looking forward to it. It should be fun. We're also going to go over some of the relevant stuff from yesterday, including two old men, Al. It's good to be old. <laughs> I, had to go to you. I had to go to you. You're the senior guy on the staff All here. All right. You know, two older guys. They're older than you. Tim Wakefield won his 200th game. Mariano Rivera, his 600th save. I've, I've got bad news for you. I'm actually older than both of them. Are you really? That's, yeah. No way. Way. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. He looks younger than he is. Right? I have I'm, no idea how old I'm you are. I'm still younger than Jamie Moyer. I, I I've still you, got that going. I knew you were y- y- older than Rivera. I didn't know you were older than <laughs> Wakefield. Oh, I thought you were like 40. Works for me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good for you. What's your secret? So anyway, these two guys, you know, Wakefield's not relevant, but Rivera... Over 40 saves, right, this year? And really, a great year, and he just doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. Not at all, and I was a little concerned about Rivera coming into the season. A lot was made by a lot of people of the low, lower strikeout rate last year, but he, you know, I hate the cliche of, you know, pitchers who know how to win or, you know, who know how to succeed, but he's he fits that description. He just he's, always finds a way. He's kind of in what used to be Ichiro Suzuki territory where every year you pretty much have to de- predict a decline because there, yeah. there's no way he's going to keep this going. And he's over 40, like you say, age-wise. So uh, it, it's got to end soon. Three up, three down. Three players who were very good yesterday. David Murphy, well, not necessarily but because uh, the second guy doesn't quite fit that description. But David Murphy was very good. Four for four with two home runs. So it seems like they're going to try to keep him in the lineup, even with Nelson Cruz coming back. He has hit 424 with six home runs, and he's driven in 20 over his past 16 games. Yeah, he made an adjustment about the time Cruz went down and, and the Rangers needed Murphy to play every day again. Realized he was moving his hands a lot more than he had in the past, so he's kind of relaxed at the plate. And, and since he, he made that adjustment, he's taken off and, and looked like uh, the Murphy we saw last year, the Murphy we saw most years when he's gotten a chance to play every day, he can be uh, a serviceable third or fourth outfielder for you. Johnny Damon or David Murphy? I think I would go with Murphy as as long as they say he's going to keep playing. Cameron Mabin or Murphy? Uh, unless you need steals, Murphy. Three up number two, Pirates shortstop Pedro Siriaco. He has driven in four in his last three games with five hits. They're going to give him a little bit of a look. Any value here for this pirate shortstop, Syriaco? I don't think very much. I think you can use him in your NL-only leagues, but um, they've got so many infielders that they need to take a look at. Um, you know, they're still getting Ronnie Cedeno some at-bats. They, I think they probably want to look at Chase Darneau. Um, you know, and then they've got a few guys at third, you know, not to mention uh, uh, Pedro Alvarez. So They all seem the same, like <laughs> slap-hitting base dealers. Yeah, that's right. Who could maybe become Emilio Bonifacio, but uh, they have a long way to go to get there. And three up number three, Jim Johnson, Baltimore's 
closer? It, I mean, can we give him that label? Three saves and three straight appearances. Yeah, closer until they give him a start, which uh, Buck Showalter keeps threatening to put him in the rotation. He's been doing it for about two months now. I, I'm skeptical that it's going to happen with just over two weeks left in the season. Uh, so that said, you know, I got a, a Twitter question a couple days ago. A guy listed a whole bunch of low-end you know, closer options. I thought Johnson was the most reliable one. So, yeah. Remember some of the other names? Uh, Parnell. Or no, I'm sorry, not Parnell. It was Acosta, actually. Okay. So it was guys like that who, you know, might get some yeah. save opportunities. Would you rather have him than Parnell? Parnell's been bad. Uh, I think at this point, I would. There, there's been no confirmation that Kevin Gregg is out, but uh, just looking at the way they've used Johnson recently and, and the way Gregg has imploded... Uh, I think Johnson, however many saves the Orioles get over the final two weeks, is going to get 80% of them. Three down now. Three players trending down. The first one is Desmond Jennings. He has definitely cooled off. 255 with one home run, one steal in September. Are you concerned, Al? He's killing you, isn't he? He is killing me in, in a league where I'm uh, playing in the championship round, and he hasn't done anything for me in a couple of weeks. You know, I've got a, a choice to make next week uh, whether to take him out. So uh, I'd say, you know, the rest of the week, if he keep, keeps going like this, he's uh, going to the bench. I'm, I'm fine with him. I'm going to keep starting him. He couldn't keep an, a 1,000 OPS forever. This is just a, a reasonable regression to the mean. Casey McGee is cold again. He's hitting 206 in September. He has homered once, and he has started in exactly 50% of leagues. Yeah, and... I know this is kind of what I, how I expected it to go for him. He had a nice little surge like he's done before, like his talent enables him to do, but uh, he's such a free swinger that he could never sustain it for long. You guys are sometimes split on Austin Jackson. He is three down number three. Four hits in eight games. Should we be sitting him right now? He has started in 49% of leagues. You know that spiel I just gave? It was actually on Austin Jackson. I, oh, don't, really? I don't know why I didn't hear you say <laughs> McGee. I was looking I, ahead on the notes I should have jumped in because I'm like, McGee is a free swinger? Yeah. Not that bad. Austin Jackson's <laughs> the free swinger who, uh, yeah, everything I said before, <laughs> he couldn't sustain it uh, because of he's a free swinger. But obviously he has talent. So obviously he's a sit. If I can go back on McGee, yeah, you can. he just hasn't had a good year, and he wasn't hot enough to convince me he had really snapped out of it, so still he's unreliable at third base. Uh, let me quick hit both of these guys. McGee, actually, I think, I, I believe more in the in the good performance that we had from him. This is a, a relatively short span. I'm not worried about McGee. Austin Jackson, I don't like him as much as I like Jennings. If I'm starting either guy, they're my last outfielder. So if I'm, gonna, if I'm thinking about sitting Jen, Jennings, I'm definitely thinking about sitting Jackson as well. Okay, you guys should have heard the fantasy football show today. It's just like, man, podcasting has been weird today. You know, <laughs> what a wacky show we had, and we were all over the place. So. Nobody can pay attention to each other. It's no. all about themselves. No, well, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what it's all about. I don't know either. Rotation now, five pitchers from Tuesday's games. Mike Miner, he pitched five and two-thirds. He's not pitching deep into games, but he only allowed one run against Florida. He's owned in half our leagues. Is he good enough to start? I'd say most often not, but I thought this was a good week for Miner, um, and I, that was a decent enough performance if you did start him. I uh, don't know, but tomorrow I'll certainly know what uh, Miner's got ahead of him for week 25. Um, I'm guessing with the wealth of two and maybe three start options that are available, he's probably somebody you should bench uh, you, in, in your standard leagues next week. Sorry, you make reference, Adam, to uh, 
him not pitching deep into games. And yesterday I saw he had five strikeouts, four walks. The way he's beginning his career kind of reminds me of the way John Lester began his with those same problems, too many walks, not pitching deep into games. And, and eventually, once he got over the hump, he was awesome. So that's something to watch with Miner going forward. Corey Lubke allowed 10 hits to the Giants, but just two earned runs. He struck out eight. He's another guy that doesn't pitch deep into games. Uh, but he does strike out a lot of guys. What is his value? He's owning 67% of leagues. You like him better than Miner? Yeah, I do, because Lupke is somebody who, you know, every week when I do the pitching planner, even with one start, he manages to wedge his way into the top 70, which means this is a guy that you can consider in a standard mixed league. Miner is usually on the other side of that boundary. So um, he, he, Lupke, you're right, doesn't often pitch deep into games, but much more often than not, he pitches well when he's in those games. Okay, Lupke or R.A. Dickey? Dickey. Agreed. Lubke or Eric Bedard? I'd go with Lubke there because I think with Bedard's recent injury situations, he has the same problem as Lubke but without as many strikeouts. Fair enough. A.J. Burnett struck out 11 in six innings in Seattle. Got to love those Mariners to get your pitching staff right. He allowed two earned runs, did Burnett. 11.91 ERA in August, a 4.15 ERA in September. And he hoped that he is turning things around. He made a mechanical adjustment. Maybe he's pitching better now. Who knows? Yeah, well, like you said, the Mariners were, were his big adjustment uh, to his stats there. So, uh, no, I'm not convinced of anything. A good start for Burnett, but um, not anybody I could see trusting next week. What the heck is going on with Justin Masterson? One and two with an ERA of seven in September. And opponents are hitting 315. Ew. I, I kind of feel like he's just running out of gas. Obviously, this is the... Most innings he's pitched two and a five, two hundred five and a third. Last year he set a career high with one eighty. So, uh, you know, twenty five innings over. It's getting to that point where he's he's really having to extend himself beyond what he's ever had to do before. And uh, so I, I'd be, I would be uh, willing to bench him for for the rest of the season, probably in mixed leagues. But this doesn't change my opinion of him heading into next year. Three of J-Hap's last four starts have been one earned run or less. Last night, six innings, one earned against the Phillies. Do you like J-Hap, Al? Well, you know the Phillies. I mean, it's yeah, such an easy yeah, matchup. Yeah, it's like the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's really encouraging. And like you said, not just a good start against a great lineup, but a, a series of great starts. This is really more what we expected. Now, he's still been wild since coming back from the minors, um, and that just may be something that plagues him throughout his career. But... One of the few guys I'm actually happy to see more fly balls from because he has relied in his career so far on a lot of pop-ups for his success. He's back to that formula since uh, getting back in the rotation. So uh, very encouraging for next season. He's only owned in 11% of leagues. Hap or Simone, who pitched well last night? Uh, I would trust Hap more. Hap or Bruce Chen, who pitched great last night? <laughs> the, the week after, I think we predicted him as an awesome two-start guy. Yep. <laughs> uh, he was, Chen was going against the Twins, which probably had something to do with that. I, I, I would probably take him over Hap, but they're they're both low end in my mind. Oh yeah, very low end. Yeah. Injuries, news, and notes. The Red Sox are all over this one. Josh Beckett will pitch later this week, so that's good news. Huge, huge series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Hopefully, they're not rushing him back for that. All reports are he feels great. Okay, so. Good. Um, doesn't sound like it in this case. Kevin Euclid returned for Boston. Do we have a grip on the shortstop situation? With Boston? Yeah, with Euclid back. I mean, it's only been one game. Is it just going to be a righty-lefty thing? Well, now they're also dealing with 
David Ortiz, who you have next year on this list, leaving with back spasms, which seems like an injury that could keep him out for several days. So I wouldn't be surprised to see both Lowry and Scudero in the lineup with Lowry at DH. Well, I guess I can skip ahead to Michael Kadire now. I don't have to talk about Ortiz. Kadire and Kubel both returned from Minnesota. Matt Holliday has a hand injury. Keep an eye on that. And it's been a a busy year for for Matt Holiday and and those injuries and Modson yeah Modson it's it's had an appendectomy right he was yes yeah I mean kind of a weird year for him is that giving you any concern going into next year I think so I know I can say he's not in my second round when he would have at least been a first or second rounder the last few years and uh, he's he's really had a disappointing season and is getting up there in years so yeah uh, it's he might be out of the you know this is just completely off the top of my head he might not be a top 10 outfielder next season okay Mike Leak was great Tuesday but he is being shut down for the rest of the year so you know don't pick him up based on Tuesday's start and Jose Reyes said he's not really able to run full speed he is still bothered by the hamstring injury we are going to talk about Jose Reyes because now it's time to do our first two rounds of drafting here you seem very excited I about am. it I think this is going to be a lot of fun yeah me too. Uh, for me I just I only did one round I didn't know you guys were going to go above and beyond and go two. But I put like 18 names on there, and I tried to pick the best 12. I I had a list of 16 at first, so I I was kind of with you there. Had to make four tough cuts. All right, let's go. Let's go. I was going to say alphabet. I don't want to go first. I'll I'll just make Al go first. All right. (laughs) It is alphabetical. Al before Scott. Yeah, but but there's Adam before Al. All right. Uh, So I've got Joey Bats in the top spot. Uh, Jose Bautista. Uh, certainly a third base eligibility helps there. Uh, then I've got Albert Pujols second, I think. Not that he's had a bad season. It's been, I guess, a bad season by Pujols standards, but I see a, a comeback year for Pujols next year. Miguel Cabrera third. Joey Votto fourth. That was a tough choice between those two. Then I got Robinson Cano fifth. Um, I like his chances to uh, build a, a big lead over the rest of the second base field. I got Troy Tulowitzki sixth, which to me felt potentially low, but you never can be too sure about how much playing time he's going to give you. So that uh, made him a downgrade for me. Got Ryan Braun seventh, great year this year. Um, Adrian Gonzalez, number eight. Roy Halladay, first pitcher off the board at number nine. Um, Matt Kemp buying into the comeback season, number 10. Justin Upton could take yet another step forward. I got him number 11. Big breakout year for him this year. And then Jacoby Ellsbury, 12th. He is currently, I think, number one or number two in fantasy points. I think number one. I think Kemp is one. Yeah, he is. No, no. Ellsbury's number one. Is he? Yep. Yeah, Ellsbury, Granderson, Kemp. Could Kemp be number one in Roto? Uh, That sounds reasonable, yeah. So I got Ellsbury 12th. I think we'll see a little bit of a downturn from him next year. I'm not sure where the power has come from. I'm a little suspicious of it, although uh, Scott heard me kind of exclaim from my uh, cubicle this morning because whenever I'm suspicious about power numbers, I go to the Hit Tracker website to see how many home runs are short distance. This is crazy. He's only had out of how many home runs? 27. Seven. Only three were home runs that wouldn't have necessarily gone out of every other park. I saw last night his home run. I mean, I mean he hit it over the wall in, in left center field, batting. You know, he's a left-handed hitter, and he went oppo, and yeah. he's, he's a great player. And I had a feeling that he was going to be the steal of the draft. I, I thought this year, Good as call. long as he stayed healthy, obviously you had to worry about him staying healthy. But the guy is awesome. Well, so I buy into it enough to make him a first rounder. So 12. your first round is Bautista, 
Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Vado, Cano, Tulowitzki, Braun, Adrian Gonzalez, Halliday, Kemp, Justin Upton, Jacoby Ellsbury. You got it. Why Vado fourth? Because I struggled, didn't know if I should put him in the first round or not. Whoa! Because of the you know the power drop off. Yeah, there hasn't been that much of a power <laughs> drop off. What are you talking? There was early on, but he's he's totally corrected that. Now. Okay, well, look, I have him seventh, but <laughs> there are so many good first basemen. That was yeah. another part of it. No, that, I that I didn't know if my my the, the cargos well, and the and maybe some other guys that I could maybe another pitcher would go in there or Josh Hamilton. That was the tiebreaker for me. I had enough of just a, a little nagging concern about Vado's power versus Cabrera. Okay, so let's keep this in perspective. Versus Cabrera, which one do I trust more? Cabrera does have the, the more established track record, particularly for power hitting. Well, slight edge there. Can we not talk about Miguel Cabrera's decline in power because it's been. Pretty much as significant as Vado's, what decline there has been in that Cabrera's not going to hit 30 homers this season, probably. He's, he's on, I think he's got 26 now. Uh, you, you project him out, he's going to finish with about 28. I mean, it's still possible he could finish with 30, obviously, but that's not the 35, 36, 37 home run guy. I guess it's just, you know, because he's a more of a veteran player that, you know, I, I like the track record. I, I, I see him bouncing back. Vado. He's young. He's developing. Maybe you know there's been a, a, a you know a change there in his approach that uh, could be longstanding. Again, I don't really. Uh, it's, I, almost, it's almost had, grasping at straws here, but I had to break the tie I, somehow. So. I have a different way of breaking the tie, in which Vado comes out ahead. But <laughs> all right, let's hear your first round. Well, the other big thing I noticed about Al's because it, it affects me at the very top here. He had two low sixth behind a uh, couple of those first basemen, Cabrera and Vado. Troy Tulowitzki is my number one. And I've tried to talk myself out of it, but the more I try, the more I fail. Because just looking at what's happened with the rest of shortstop, with Hanley Ramirez following, falling off like we talked about yesterday, uh, Tulo is the only player I trust for elite numbers at that position. And even the other high-end guys have a lot of injury concerns or whatever else. So he's, he's far and away the only shortstop you really, really want. So to me, that's enough to take him number one. I have Jose Bautista number two. Again, part of that's uh, position scarcity, him being eligible at third. Albert Pujols number three because obviously he's as safe as you can find. I have Ryan Braun fourth because I feel like uh, first base, I mean, outfield is is shallower than first base. So I will uh, take the elite outfielders over the elite first baseman in general. And actually, Braun and, and my number five pick, Kemp, have. Uh, both outscored the top first baseman this season. So Braun fourth, Kemp fifth, Joey Votto sixth with Miguel Cabrera seventh. And the tiebreaker for me is that Cabrera has had so many issues over the last couple of years. Obviously his struggles with alcohol are, are well documented. And uh, to me, not only do you worry about another incident like that, but just how it's going to con affect his conditioning. He's getting up there. You know, he's still young, but he, he's getting closer to 30 now. Um, if there's a sudden collapse from anybody, either of these players, I could see it happening for Cabrera much more likely than Vado, and they're so close anyway. Why not take Vado? Okay. Uh, so Vado 6th, Cabrera 7th, Adrian Gonzalez 8th. Dustin Pedroia gets in my yeah. first round at ninth. Wow, he's um, your first... Uh, yeah, first, second, first second baseman. baseman. And uh, 
he's he's outscored Robinson Cano this year, and and I I trust him to be healthy now after those injuries last year, and he's right in the prime of his career. So Pedroia ninth, Robinson Cano tenth, not far behind. Ian Kinsler not by, by far behind either, I should add, but not in my first round. So Pedroia nine, Cano ten, Justin Verlander is my number one pitcher at number eleven overall. Uh, because Roy Halladay is going to be 35 next year, and Verlander over the last three seasons has really been as dominant as anybody. It hasn't been about just this season. Uh, and then Jacoby Ellsbury rounding it out at number 12, just because the kind of season he's had, you, you really can't leave him out of the first round, uh, although I don't consider him as safe as, as Braun or Kemp, obviously, who I had four and five. So Al went Bautista, Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Vado, Cano, Tulo, Braun, Adrian Gonzalez, Halliday, Kemp, Justin Upton, Jacoby Ellsbury. Scott went Tulowitzki one, Bautista, Pujols, Braun, Kemp, Vado, Miguel Cabrera, Adrian Gonzalez, Dustin Pedroia, Cano, Verlander, and Ellsbury. So it looks like you, Scott, you have Pedroia and Verlander, and Al has Halliday and Justin Upton. Are those are the only two differences? Amongst the twelve players, twelve players. Amongst among mm-hmm. the names there, right? Uh, not the yeah. order, but the, right, the right. names. Right. And I've got, I you know, because we did go an, an extra round. I've got Pedroia thirteenth. Okay, wait, well, I gotta uh, get my first round. Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, I gotta get mine. Ed Verlander's near there somewhere. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, just to add on to that point, you know, I ha- I started with sixteen. Both of those guys, Al included, Upton and, and Holiday, were both in my top sixteen. So yeah. Uh, I'll take Jose Bautista first, Pujols second, Tulowitzki third, Cano fourth, Miguel Cabrera fifth, Adrian Gonzalez sixth, Vado seventh, Braun eighth, Matt Kemp ninth, Ellsbury tenth, Roy Halladay eleventh, and I will take a chance on Jose Reyes at the end of the first <laughs> round. Also in, uh, no, he wasn't in the top 16, never mind. He wasn't? Okay, no. so I was the only one who had him in the first round. Yeah. Yep. Al, you want to go ahead with uh, 13? All right, well, I've already well, given well, away. Well, let me, yep. You want to talk okay. about Reyes? Sure. I, I want to talk about your pick, because you had Tulowitzki third, I think. Mm-hmm. That is the lowest I, I think you could get away with slotting him. I, I'm okay with that if you want to take Bautista and Pujols over him like you did. I, I still don't understand Tulowitzki's six, given, well, given the obviously, lack of options there. Well, you know, I just have enough concern about first half slumps and about injury with him that I'm basically conceding that I know somebody else is going to get him well, if I've got the six pick and I'm waiting, you know, to get him there. Other than the fractured wrist two years ago, what injury concerns has he had, really? I mean, I know he's dealing with a little something now, but nothing well, really to worry about, you know? I You know, I suppose. Um, you know, this season probably has been more just a slow start than missing time. But there's, I guess, like, you know, rather than highlighting the injury, it's just really consistency issues with Tulowitzki. I think that's legit because I, he got off to a blistering start like the first week or two, and then he really cooled off. Yeah. But it's, you know, for, for a Roto League, you don't mind the slumps. But for a well, head-to-head league, I dr- how do you feel about that? I drafted him in the first round in the podcast league last year before – Yeah. He was really with the twelfth before pick, anybody right? was really drafting him in the first round. Yeah, it was the twelfth pick, but it was still my number one guy. I I never had reason to regret it. Even and he even missed the time with the fractured wrist that season. Uh, I, I still he he was good enough even when he was slumping. You know, with walks and and just batting in the middle of that lineup that he was scoring runs and still driving some in, even if he didn't have the home runs. 
uh, that that he was still a great shortstop, and I, I never had any doubts about him. Yeah, and I've got him right behind Cano, and you know I think that there's you know both positions have some scarcity issues. I just don't really trust any of the shortstops that much to be elite guys. And Scott made a good point, but you know that's just where my gut is. All right, fellas, let's do your second rounds. Al, 13 through 24. All right, so I already know Pedroia at 13. Uh, I've got Clayton Kershaw at 14. Gave some real serious thought to put him in the first round. Um, I think he could be the elite guy next year if Halliday has that drop-off that Scott's worried about. Uh, 15, I got Verlander. Slight drop-off I see for him. I don't see him necessarily being a 20-win guy again next year. That's boosted his value. Uh, but still good enough to be 15th. 16, Granderson. I believe in, in the power there. Uh, I got Hanley 17th. Risky for sure, but um, if he can get healthy... I don't see any reason why he can't possibly be number one at shortstop again. Reyes, 18th. Um, Teixeira, 19th. And then Longoria, 20th. And we talked about both of those guys on yesterday's podcast. A little concerned with batting average with both of them, but still some potential for rebound in both cases. I've got Carlos Gonzalez at 21. Felix Hernandez at 22. Ian Kinsler at 23. Prince Fielder, 24. Where's Josh Hamilton? Uh, yeah, not in my first two rounds, probably somewhere in the, in the third round. Okay. So it goes Pedroia, second round here for Al. Pedroia, Kershaw, Verlander, Granderson, Hanley Ramirez, Reyes, Teixeira, Longoria, Carlos Gonzalez, Felix Hernandez, Kinsler, Fielder. Scott, go ahead. All right. My first round starts with Kinsler, who... Second, uh, second you mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the first pick of my second round <laughs> is Ian Kinsler, who uh, I see that third base there, Kinsler, Pedroia, Cano, clear tier by themselves there. So you got to get him Second early. base. What did I say? Third base. All right, <laughs> whatever. You're, you're rushing me, and it's throwing my brain <laughs> I'm off. sorry. Yeah, we have right. a couple of emails to get to. So, All right. Yeah, go ahead. Roy Halladay is the second pick of my second round because obviously a great pitcher. Curtis Granderson, third. I trust the power also. Prince Fielder, fourth. A guy who's up and down, but always one of the top, top first basemen. Uh, Jose Ray is fifth. Uh, later than I planned on drafting him, but the injury concerns are enough to knock him back that far. Justin Upton, sixth, uh, just because I have I have some trust issues with him. I know he'll be good, but I, I don't know that he'll be this good every single year. Carlos Gonzalez, seventh. I like the way he finished the season. Clayton Kershaw, eighth. Clearly the uh, one of the top three pitchers in my mind. Evan Longoria, ninth. Hanley Ramirez falls to tenth in the second round for me. Mark Teixeira, eleventh. And David Wright, Given the lack of options at third base, I think he's played well enough this year that he still deserves to go in the third round. So it looks or the to second me round <laughs> like <God>. the only <laughs> wacky podcast Wednesday. Yeah, no, it's, it's bizarre day, and I have one more to do later. So um, it looks to me like David Wright and Felix Hernandez are the only two differences here in terms of uh, other than Players. some guys who went in your first round compared to our second right. round. It looks like. Uh, Wright would be a third-rounder for Al, and yeah. Felix would be a third-rounder for Scott. Yeah, and I might actually take Lincecum over Felix Hernandez if we want what to about get Weaver? that deep into it. Weaver's, you know, top 10, but still I think you look at his strikeout rate compared to those other pitchers, and, and that's enough to uh, bump him down the list a little bit. All right, guys, this was a fun exercise. Next year we draft yeah. with no names just based on stats. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and no catchers. Except we know the stats well enough that we could probably name <laughs> yeah, the player. Yeah. So. But and no catchers, right, in the first two yeah, rounds? Yeah, no catchers in the first two rounds. That's a good point. Uh, Maurer obviously out of it. And uh, I don't know, Carlos Santana might be the number one catcher for me next year. I and mean, clearly he's not a second rounder. So Yeah. Okay. Charles in Little Rock has a question. 14-team head-to-head points league. We get three keepers. Help me pick three from the following list. Hosmer. Brandon Phillips, Brett Laurie, Chu, Josh Hamilton, Andrew McCutcheon, Prince Fielder, Euclid, Hamels, Weaver, Pineda, Bumgarner. So pick three. Jeez. It's a long list. Hosmer, Phillips, Laurie, Chu, Hamilton, McCutcheon, Fielder, Euclid, Hamels, Weaver, Pineda, Bumgarner. Yes, yeah, this is a guy who I think is making things harder than... He needs to. I only see five viable options relative to the other names here. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, Prince Fielder, Cole Hamels, Jared Weaver, and Josh Hamilton. The one I leave out of that group is probably going to be Hamilton with all of his injury concerns. You have to leave two out, though. I thought he said, okay, four. Pick three. Three. Yeah. Um, this has been the most confusing podcast <laughs> ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to also leave out Jared Weaver, I guess, and go Fielder, McCutcheon, Hamels, with my love of elite hitters obviously being well-documented. Taking Hamels over Weaver, huh? Yes, I am. Okay. Al, you got three from that list? Uh, yeah, I'm still working because McCutcheon and Fielder clearly made the cut. I'm struggling between Hamil- Hamilton and Hamels. Uh, you went Hamels, right, Scott? I did. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Yeah, I trust Hamels a little more going into next year. Kevin from Devon. I have been riding the Danny Espinosa train all season right into the fantasy title game. While I have a pang of guilt cutting the young buck with just two weeks to go, would I be better served uh, with my team if I were to sign Eric Young or Cliff Pennington to man my middle infield spot? My only source of speed right now is D. Gordon. Uh, uh, we're assuming this is Roto, right? Because he's concerned. Yeah, about if, if he's concerned about steals, I would or categorical in some way. Yeah, I don't think Young's going to play enough. And I don't think Pennington, you can trust him to keep this going. So while Espinoza, I think, has lost value in the end here, I still like him to start over those two. Yeah, yeah. I would, if you need steals, I would maybe continue to look, but I don't think Young is the answer. All right, guys. We'll see you Sunday. Sunday we get you set for the next Fantasy Week. The last Fantasy That's Week. It. Yeah. Ten-day week. Sunrise, which is not sunset. how I learned it in kindergarten. No. No. Man, kindergarten changed. Not sure how he ended up with his job. (laughs) (laughs) That's Scott White now. Melchior, send us an email. DM fantasybaseball at cbs.com. We're back on Sunday. See you later, everybody.